Time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's articles of news for the week of the 10th of September. It's me, Richie T. Brother Kyle, guy we can't get rid of. Happy September. Hey. September. Oh, yeah, I'm back again. Crap. And look, it's just Joni. Yay. All I'm you, back. All you just Joni fans. It's like the... I bet no one even remembers no. who just Joni I get just Joni emails all the time. You I just do keep, not. I just keep them from you so you don't feel good about yourself. I would... Jeez. Oh. <laughs> Maybe if you sent them to me, I'd come more often. Oh. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. I will send them along. How are you? How the crap are you? I haven't seen you since How your birthday either. How the crap am I? That I is not true. I've You've been, been in one time since then? Yeah, maybe once. I think I came in the beginning of the summer. Um, just keeping on, keeping on with life. Your hair is wavy and fantastic. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Kids are back in school Kids and your are daughter back in went school. on a date. I saw that. It oh. did. I, it was really awesome. I'm more of a um, spirit of the law type of person. Because she's not 16? She is not 16. But she's a sophomore? She's a sophomore. Yeah. So we made a deal. We, My husband and I talked a lot about it because um, I decided that my one opportunity in high school to have gone to like a nice dance with a guy who actually liked me would have been my sophomore year. But you weren't old enough? Yeah, so I didn't go. Right. And then like I sort of missed my chance. I didn't uh, really ever get to go. So you never went out with a boy that liked you? Not to a nice dance. And now dance. here you are, you're married. Ah, you've missed all your chances. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can never go in with a boy. In high school, who... you know, like in high school. And to me, it just seems really arbitrary that you go into high school and some of you can date and some of you can't, but your maturity levels are all pretty much at the same point at that time. Interesting. So, uh, I, you know, I talked to my husband who, who is a straight arrow and has always been a very letter of the law type of person. His family is very letter of the law. And I f- floated the idea to my sister's in law last year. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm wondering if I'm going to let, um, you know, our oldest daughter go on a, you know, just to dances before she turns 16. And right. They told me their stories about, well, it was nine days before my birthday and I got asked, but I was obedient and I didn't go. Yeah. I'm like, well. That is where you came from. Interesting. Okay. Um, can't, you can't, dis- to be fair, you no, can't discount their experience. Absolutely, I don't. No, yours. for sure. For yeah. sure. And and so really it becomes a question of obedience. And I understand that. Like, I I do not in any way, I'm not trying to encourage people to go a different direction, but um, when I look at the spirit of the law, I think she's already hanging out in big groups of guys and girls all the time anyway, and so I made a rule with her, before you turn 16, you can only go to dances, and you have to stay in a group at all times. There can't ever be any splitting off sure. of couples. So she went to homecoming, and she had a lovely time, and it was super fun for me to, like, Her pictures know, were super cute. She's my baby, and now she's, like, this cute grown-up. She like the guy? Does she have a, a um, girlish crush? It's it's a it's a medium warmth feeling. Okay. okay. Like so, oh, baby. Yeah. So she like she, he doesn't annoy me like right. all the other boys. Do. It wasn't like she was like, oh boy, I gotta go with this guy. But she wasn't also like, I'm so in love with this guy. So somewhere in the middle. 
And how were you? Were you a wreck while she was gone? Not at all. I was way excited for her. Good for you. She, you know, she has proved herself extremely trustworthy. She's way more trustworthy than I was at that well, age. Sure. I mean, like, <laughs> like almost everybody. Like, like literally anyone. Look around. Except maybe you. Yeah. Well, sure. Okay. I didn't get that one until later, but whatever. Hi. Uh, so. Um, yeah, it was great, and and I am continuing on taking my medicine. Is that going well? I thought that I was going to be done, and then they're like, "Oh, let's taper you off for another year." Oh, so a year? Uh-huh. That's a long time. It is a really long time, and and I've kind of been relapsing a little bit the last bit, so it's very mentally discouraging. But we'll get but there. But you're killing it with your writing stuff. I, I'm doing better. I just had um, another short story published. Where can people find um, it? You can find it on Amazon or at Barnes and... Can you find this one at Barnes and Noble? Maybe not. Maybe only Amazon. It's called A Year of the Monkeys. It's an anthology, which just means collection of short stories, um, written by people in my chapter of the League of Utah Writers. So, um, But it's the, we've got a lot of talent in that group, and it's really fun. Uh, it is about a bull semen salesman. Okay. S-E-M-E-N, yes, sure. that is the word you heard. Yeah. And, uh, ahoy! <laughs> no? Ahoy! ahoy. <laughs> A different ahoy. Oh. All the boys! Uh, <laughs> nope. And uh, he gets, it's a fantasy story. He gets uh. more than he bargains for. Well, that's a great deal when you're buying bull semen. That's what I He's thought when you said it. bull semen. Oh, I thought, it. yeah, that sounds like yeah. a fantasy to me. <laughs> no. Stuck no. on a ship with a bunch of men. <laughs> and a bull. That's bull. <laughs> His name's Ferdinand. A bull. It's a convoluted story. <laughs> anyway, and I also uh, I also won the League of Utah Writers um, writing contest in in the category that I entered. I won first place. Blue ribbon. Yeah. Did you get money for that? What did you get I for did. us? I did. I got a hundred dollars. Good for you. Yeah. It was it was actually a personal spiritual essay. And then you can tag things like award winning author. That is exactly right. Yeah. That will be going on every resume Absolutely. I ever write. An award winning author, just Joni, joins us today. Yeah, that's my pen name. Yeah. So not really. <laughs> Uh, what what's the old what was the old uh the uh kid, the kids book uh Ramona what was Ramona it? Quimby age 8 Yeah was it was it that Beverly Cleary Beverly Cleary Cleary yeah Uh-huh what about I like her? just Joni better I'm just trying to think oh. of some way to shoehorn that into one of those titles and I couldn't I couldn't think fast okay. enough Just Joni age 39 yeah. it has a really good ring Perfect to it Are Perfect. you there god it's me Joni <laughs> Actually, that so you could write a book. Fit. It's me. That's kind of what my story. That's, that's a little bit what my story was about. Actually, are you there, God? It's me, Joni. It's just me, Joni. Yeah, that's what's uh, what's new with you, brother Kyle? Uh, nothing new since last we talked. We're still waiting for. Yesterday we had our family, our monthly get together dinner. Yeah, you still it, waiting for the invitation everybody, for it? Yeah. Well, I was still waiting for an invitation, so I showed up anyway. Yeah, sure. I was like, oh, hey, yeah. Uh, well, we're still waiting for their mission call. Oh, for your folks' mission call. Yeah, and gonna see. And now if, it's gonna uh, come electronic. Which well, is awesome. we'll see. Yeah, I mean they they're coming both still, but they think they may get it electronic. That's awesome. You guys gonna do another big party uh, when they get that call, or will they just be like, we opened it? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they'll just open it. Yeah. My dad will accidentally open it. Yeah. What, what, what was this? this? <laughs> You've been cordially invited. Oh. <laughs> That's how you get called on a mission. You've been cordially, You've been cordially called. invited <laughs> to go to Tahiti. To serve huh. a mission. And we, we joked when they got the mission call about, you know, oh, somebody's going to move into the house. Some And I... I joked to be kind of a yeah, jerk. Yeah, we joked here. Yeah, about that it would be so. I said nobody would do it because, you know, we're grown ups. We're not a bunch of losers no, that need to move in into your house. parents' basement. Well, we all know who was going to move in, and they are moving in. Really? <laughs> yes. I knew it. Now I feel bad about making the jokes that no, I did. No, because you know, because you know your family. Uh huh. I yes. know. That's terrible. And so what are I'm you planning bully on. that family member? Because that's no, what you got to do. What I'm going to do. And you think I'm joking about this, but I'm seriously considering. Because, see, this last week, I I lost a big portion of one of my major sources of income. Oh, no. Because I have, like, four jobs, and sure. I lost a big one. Sure. I'm thinking about moving into my van for the next six months. Right through the winter. Just, That's a really good just idea. To show, well, because it would really show them. It's like, okay, you got a house. You've moved out of it, and you're living in the other house, the bigger house, while Uncle Kyle is living in his van. Why can't you just say, hey, can I live there, too? Because Give me a room. You don't want to live with I don't want to live with them. Yeah, no. Well, it Treat be, it like I a would, roommate situation and don't talk to him. No. no. I would not talk to them. It's them, it's them talking to me. Live upstairs, live downstairs? <laughs> Could you do that? Split level? It would still, it would be a nightmare. Because mm. they would still... That's saying something if you're willing to live in a van through the winter. As opposed to my family? Yeah. Should we send this yeah. to your family? Sure. Okay. <laughs> they know. I'm in. There are, there are no secrets about how my family feels about me. Or you about them, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I'm just, I don't know, busy. The end of wedding season. End of wedding season? Busy. Does that ever happen in Utah? You're not allowed to get married anymore. <sighs> no, wedding it, season has uh, ended. And looking forward to the time at the theater for Christmas, maybe? That should be fun. Yeah. You're going to do a play? Yeah. You always do Desert Star, Yeah, right? at Christmas. It's a Grinch parody. I'm hoping to play Max the dog again. Do they do they rewrite a new one every year? Sometimes. Sometimes they'll just readapt the jokes. This show hasn't been done for four or five years. Yeah. So they'll kind of update. They'll put a little polish, a little Donald Trump into it. Yeah. Some of that stuff. Uh, other than that, looking forward to uh, Halloween. I've made the decision I'm going to be a costumed character this year. Where? Uh, just like wherever you have. Like to Like anytime be. I have to wear a costume. Oh, okay. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Um, but I want it to be able to be not only standalone, like, oh, he's blank, uh, but also I want to be able to have it be a uh, couple's oh. uh, costume as well. So I can't be like Clyde of Bonnie and Clyde, because that doesn't make any sense without you a Bonnie. You should be a leprechaun, because you are so pulling that look off right now. Yeah? Which and, one and <laughs> Yes! And your girlfriend exactly could be right. like a, either a, like a rainbow with a pot of gold at the end. Well, wait for it. She's already my lucky charm. <laughs> oh. uh, no, but something. I want to do something that is is a, a complimentary couple's costume. I've never really done that before, and I haven't dressed up in years because I consider Halloween to be Amateur Actors Day. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Come on. Everybody wants hey, to dress up for Halloween. Lady. Right. I know. I know. Everyone wants to. I get to it's do it okay. whenever I want, whenever I'm in a show. <clears throat> Take that. I, I feel zinged. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh. Uh, and I'm excited. I've been, I've been growing pumpkins in the uh, at the homesteadman in the front yard. Yeah, and the only place at my house that gets sun. Next Are, year we're going to grow cantaloupe. Have or watermelon they taken there. over your house? Yes, they get giant. Yeah, and I've got eight. What? And I'm going to have I'm going to have my. Uh, Can I have one? My yeah, I'll give you one. Okay. I'll give so you the you smallest one, so it looks like you. Mow your pumpkin vines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to have my uh, nieces and nephews come over and we're going to carve jack-o'-lanterns at Aww, the homesteadman. Look at cute Because I'm an uncle. Hmm. That's how you get kids to like you, Brother Kyle. Ah, mm. I've been doing it all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Punching hasn't worked. Maybe I'll try. Tripping him, yelling at him, <laughs> belittling Let them. Let me in the house. No. Grandparents said no. Telling him what's wrong with their parents. Yeah. Hasn't worked. <laughs> you know what's wrong with your folks. Let's take a break and do actual articles of news. Sound good? Yeah. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hey, this is Dan, the laptop man from PC Laptops. Are you experiencing panic attacks, nausea, or diarrhea? Is your computer not turning on? Is it running super slow? Is your internet crawling? Or is it just randomly crashing? You could be suffering from ICS, Irritable Computer Syndrome. I want you to ask yourself, when was the last time you had your PC cleaned? Over time, Windows, updates, spyware, malware, and dangerous viruses will make your computer run like crap. You need to bring in your laptop or desktop PC, no matter what brand it is, and let me run a 100% free virus scan, malware, and spyware scan on your computer. Don't wait and risk losing everything. Now, why are we doing this for free? Because we want to impress you so much that if you or any of your friends or family need a computer, service, or phone repair, you come to PC Laptops first. Get into any one of our locations right now or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC Laptops, where computers start at $7.99. PC Laptops, we love you. Hey, you guys, I want to talk to you about bestdjinutah.com. Why, that's the company that I have started for doing my DJing weddings and live events. Uh, whatever you need, I am your guy to do it. So whether you're a lifer or a convert to this podcast show or you just happen to be listening for the first time, if you are in need of a wedding DJ or an MC for your event or just a DJ for your business opening, uh, go to bestdjinutah.com. Now, I know it says Utah, but guess what? If you want me to come to your event and you're not in Utah, I'll do that too. You're going to have to pay for me to be there, but I'm more than willing to do that as well. It's bestdjinutah.com. Emails there, phone numbers there. Would love to hear from you and then help you make your event that much better. Look forward to hearing from you, and thank you for supporting the Cultural Hall podcast. But it's a show. You knew that. The Cultural Hall wants you to help Utah Food Bank fight hunger statewide. Through your donations of food, time, or money, Utah Food Bank is able to distribute over 31 million meals annually to Utahns facing hunger. Even a $1 donation can be turned into $7.35 of goods and services. One in five children in Utah could go to bed hungry tonight, and 423,000 Utahns are unsure where their next meal will come from. By donating food at your local pantry or by visiting utahfoodbank.org, you can make a difference. It's time for the second half of the Cultural Hall. It's Articles of News for the week of the 10th of September, and this episode is brought to you by the folks at Cedar Fort Publishing. Uh, the book that we're giving away with this episode is called Parenting 
with the Spirit. It's written by Marlene Ellingson. And if you email us, contact at theculturalhall.com, you could pick up either, A, the physical copy, but you got to live in the United States of America. I think the contiguous United States of America. Mm-hmm. So sorry, Hawaii and Alaska listeners. I call that continental. Continental. Yeah, I'm not sure what contiguous is now that I say that out loud. Uh, or M- Maybe we should have got Joni that book. We're going to give away the... Uh, the e-copy of the book as well. You can uh, email us, contact at theculturalhall.com if you would like to win those. And thanks to the good folks at Cedar Fort Publishing for we, sponsoring this episode. we fax it to them? What's that? we fax it to them? You said we yeah. e-ship yeah. Yeah. it? Yeah, page by page. Yes. Answer your phone and we'll send it. Oh, here comes my book. All right. Let's hit it, Peter. This time you should actually put Peter on. Did I not do it in the last one? For like the last two. Really? There was no Peter. Oh, my gosh. Maybe I said it and did it twice. I'll make sure I do it on this one. Okay. Hopefully. Just in case. You can't lose articles of news. Hey, you can't lose articles of news. Perfect. I've always wanted to do it to see how close my pitch is to his. And now you can now you can match, match and it. measure. Perfect. <laughs> uh, Brother Kyle, turn the microphone to your, your face. So like that, this? There, there we go. Thank is you. that better? Yeah. Couldn't, better. couldn't you hear me before? Yeah, no, I could hear you. Could everybody hear me? It's just like you're talking across it. Uh, bunches of news. Let's start here. Dan Reynolds... I know yeah, you like the Dan Reynolds. I, I do. Do you like, like the Dan Reynolds now that he's not wearing his shirt very much? Well, I mean, he's all sorts of abbed up. Yeah. Uh, of course, Dan Reynolds, lead singer of Imagine Dragons, Mormon. He defines himself as Mormon. Uh, he went after Eminem. You know, not the candy, but the rapper. Uh, apparently, uh, Eminem in his latest song uses the F word, which I appreciate. So we shared this on uh, on the Cultural Hall's Facebook page. Uh, and someone said, because I think the title on, on the the headline says that Eminem uses the F word. And then they, they said, he uses the F word in tons of his songs. And they're like, no, 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 no. Not that F word, the other F word. So, right, so, right. So... You know, the for gays and or homosexuals. Uh, Dan has definitely taken up the charge to make sure that everyone is treated with love. I just thought that was sort of Wait, an interesting... is that the same article, though, that at the end has to bring out that Dan now has an eight-pack? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, at the very... The last line is, Dan recently showed off his eight-pack abs during a concert with his band. <laughs> it's all about Eminem with this little thing at the end, like, and by the way, Dan's been working out. Yeah, and he does look great. I honestly thought when I saw that story, I only saw the headline. That's all I cared about. I Here's how 90 years old I am. I thought it was the other F word. Really? Yeah. Well, I didn't. I, I mean, Dan Reynolds doesn't like that word either, I would presume, but he definitely is, is taking up the charge for the LGBTQ community. Um, this, uh, and I know you've got a, another... Uh, adjacent story to this, Kyle, but there was a, an LDS church in West Valley that was uh, vandalized this last Tuesday morning. Person threw some rocks at the door, couldn't get in, then threw some rocks at a higher window, broke it, but couldn't get in. So there you go. Vandalism at churches. That's fun. Why did they want to get in? It's going to be open on Sunday. Yeah, yeah you just, well, sure. They're just anxious to feel the spirit, I'm sure. I guess so. Uh, I don't know why they break in anyway. You always can find a window that one of the deacons leaves open so they can play <laughs> basketball whenever they want. Uh, similar story. Two arrested in vandalism of LDS Church in Spanish Fork. Uh, two Spanish Fork men have been arrested for vandalizing an LDS meeting house in August. Uh, so this is a, a couple months ago, and we did the story then. But uh, Kevin Hayes, age 23, and Thomas Anderson, age 20, were booked into the Utah County Jail for third-degree felony burglary and second-degree felony criminal mischief. 
according to the Spanish Fork Police Department. So these guys broke in, uh, like sprayed a fire extinguisher around, broke stuff up. Pretty bad. Uh, they they were smart enough to videotape themselves doing it uh, and then make sure that that, you know, that never gets out. So pro tip, and maybe I shouldn't tell people this, but if you're, if, if you're going to vandalize something, don't don't record it. Not audio, not video. Take it from the pro. Just, I mean, no Facebook Lives, no Snapchat. If you're going to do it, just just don't have proof and evidence that will condemn you. And now they're both blaming each other. No, I didn't he do it. He did it. No, no, no he did it. It was his idea. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints announced their temple location for the Pocatello Temple uh, in an area called Crestview Estates Division 2. Uh, there's speculation that it will uh, raise the value of the home... Um, the homes in that area by quite a bit. It'll be the sixth temple in Idaho. It was announced in 2017 by President Monson, uh, and it is expected to begin in 2019 and be take and take between two and three years to complete. So that's kind of exciting. So uh, I know that for a while there they were really going after the idea of smaller temples. Mm-hmm. Is that still a thing, or have they decided to go big again? No, it. I think it t- totally depends on the area. Okay. The Pocatello Temple will be a big temple because sure there's be. lots of Mormons. Mm-hmm. But like a Kansas, uh, you know, a Arkansas temple, those places okay. in the states would be smaller temples. Okay. Uh, the Kona Temple, really small. The uh, Alaska Temple, I've been there as well. Very small. Not even as big as a stake center. Wow. And you sort of happen upon them and go, interesting. This is hmm, interesting. A temple. But okay. but whereas like the Laie Temple in North Shore, Hawaii, where BYU Hawaii is, huge. Right. According to the people that are nearby. Okay. Uh, the Rexburg LDS Temple is undergoing unexpected repairs. Uh, it's been closed for scheduled maintenance and now is going to need to undergo uh, such repairs. They're replacing the roof and several exterior windows um, because they were leaking. Mm. Uh, a few of the stained glass windows are having to be fixed due to wear and tear and weather damage. Uh, they're being repaired earlier than they expected, and they're doing that now because they want to um, protect the longevity of said temple. It was scheduled to be closed until the 17th of September, uh, and they're hoping to have that reopened at that time, but no word yet. And then this, uh, they have announced the um, open house of the Concepcion Chile Temple. It's a city that's southwest of Santiago. Uh, the formal dedication for the temple will be Sunday, October 28th. I asked my bishop we're not going to miss church for it, unfortunately, <laughs> no. to watch that dedication. Even if you speak Spanish? Yeah, I know. I know. Which, by the way, speaking Spanish coming up. We're going to talk all about speaking Spanish. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. What? Okay. Well, we'll get to it. Uh, Tours of the temple will be a 10-minute video presentation and a 40-minute walking tour. Um, And the uh, open house will begin this Saturday, the 15th of September, and go till the 13th of October. So that's some temple news. What do you got, Just Joni? Uh, Have you talked recently about World of Dance? Uh, I have talked recently that there are competitors on the World of Dance, but... Do tell. Who are LDS, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Right. They are not Mormons, Mm -mm. formerly known as Mormons. Uh, Latter-day Saint dancers Charity Anderson and Andre, if has an S at the end, you still say Andre? Sure. Andre Peñate have made history yet again. Not only have they become the first dancers to earn a perfect score on World of Dance, which is a television show, they are also the first Latter-day Saints to win the junior division, but that almost didn't happen. 
Four days before their performance, Anderson fell during practice and broke her left toe. Apparently, she only has one, jeopardizing their chances of winning the competition. That's why she's such a great dancer. We were really nervous, Anderson shared on the show. This is my dominant foot, which I land on and jump off of, so we had to switch my dominant side to my right side. Which that make, that article makes it sound like it's super easy to change your no, dominant side. No, it is not. not. With, a, with little time to recover, the dancers had a choice drop out of the competition or make quick adjustments to the routine and hope for the best choosing the latter <laughs> the two took the she's stage a saint, you yeah. get it? <laughs> the two took the stage for what would be their final performance and despite all odds wowed the judges earning a score of 93 so then it goes on to share all the praise that the judges heaped upon them who They're understood so that she was dancing with a broken toe. And then, not only that, uh, Anderson and Pinate weren't the only Latter-day Saints to come away with a top spot in the competition. Hmm. Jackson Willard, also shown during the show's finale, entered, oh, earning third place. With his dance to Johnny Manuel's Blind Faith, had a score of 87.8. Way to go. So, Mormons nearly sweeping the top three. It's interesting how Latter-day Saints, we weren't allowed to dance for a long time until Kevin Bacon came to town and made it legal for us to dance <laughs> right? again. I know, and now. And look, now we're just the, amazing. He has paved the way for so many. Thank you, Brother Bacon. Thank you. <laughs> uh <laughs> I've got a couple just sort of random grabby stories. This is interesting, I thought. Um, up in Cache County, that's northern Utah, um, they're moving the tithing granary. So essentially uh, where you would go if you were going to... Because back in the day, you didn't do it by money. You did it by goods. Um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, had this granary um, that people would uh, essentially bring their grains to, and then you could pay your tithing that way. Well, they're moving the building. And I thought it was interesting, and that's why I'm sharing that article. They're not moving it by handcart, which is what I recommended. They're moving it by some sort of tractor, and they're just moving it to another part of the town so that it can be part of a bigger thing to celebrate the pioneers. But oh. I, in my mind, I thought it would be much funnier if they would move so it has, by handcart. has it just been sitting there useless? No, no I mean... Well, the people haven't been taking their tithing to it. Is that what you're asking? <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> there was the biggest stack of money because one guy didn't get the word. He got the word that we're not doing it in in uh, uh, in goods anymore, but he just kept bringing his money. I guess someone's going to come get this at some point. It's full of grains, some chickens. No, it's been, it's been kind of like what... Um, this is the place State Park is, okay. which is just, so a, just kind been of a historical memorial, site. just a historical thing, and uniting it with other things so that people can be able to do well, that. Well, I'm from there, and I don't know where it is, so apparently they need to bring it well, out into the center of the... Uh, it's in Clarkston. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Seriously, uh, nobody goes to Clarkston. Uh, this, I've been to Clarkston. This was sort of a sad story. You can find this link at theculturalhall.com in association with this episode. It's a woman talking about um, her and her husband, and they died in a crash, oh, in a car yeah, crash. Yeah, yeah. She shared her that. testimony just a couple of days before on Facebook. I'll share you just a, a quick brief portion of that. She says, I can't tell you how much I love this man. I've never felt more loved or have been treated more like a queen than anyone else in my life. Stephen is more than I could ever ask for in a partner, in a lover, and in a best friend. For now, our marriage is until death to us part, but soon enough we can go to a temple of God and have our marriage sealed for eternity. It's very sweet. You should read the whole thing there. That's at theculturalhall.com. This, are you ready for this? I am. Mm-hmm. Eight things that you didn't know about Joseph Smith obtaining the gold plates. 
Okay. You like a list? Number one, the eruption of a volcano in Indonesia was instrumental in Joseph Smith receiving the gold plates. What? Ready? The most destructive explosion on Earth in the past 10,000 years occurred in 1815 when the volcano Tambura erupted on the Indonesian island Sumbawa, according to a Smithsonian magazine. This eruption caused severe weather changes across the globe. It was a year without summer, and as a result, the Smith's family crops failed, and the family was forced to, re- to relocate to New York where Joseph Smith later saw God his fa- God the Father and his son Jesus in a miraculous vision and received the gold plates by following the direction of the angel Moroni. Hmm. Ready for another one? Sure. Mm-hmm. Joseph Smith first heard James 1.5 in a sermon. As the narrative goes... That's crazy. In the, but as the narrative goes, as the Latter-day Saint narrative Is goes, he was, he was studying and found it. It says, when the Smith family settled in Palmyra, New England, was seized by unusual excitement on the subject of religion. Different churches were competing for converts. Joseph Smith Sr., who had had several, exp- several spiritual experiences in his early life, was influenced by his father, who did not believe in organized religion. Uh, Lucy, on the other hand... Uh, attended the Presbyterian Church, seeing his family divided by religion. Uh, one day, he heard a minister share a scripture and a sermon. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. He read this verse again at home and decided to act on the words from James. Kind of interesting. Hmm. You want one more and then we'll put it to bed. People can find the rest of those at uh, theculturalhall.com. Um, ooh, pick a number between one and eight and don't pick one and three. Go, Joni. Six. Why did Joni get a pick? Okay, you pick. Four. Okay, four. Uh, wait, no, six. Four's a better one anyway. Oh, four, okay, good. Okay. <laughs> number four, Joseph Smith received a seer stone before the angel Moroni visited him. In the 19th century, many people held a strong cultural belief that God would speak through objects such as seer stones. Days before the angel Moroni appeared to Joseph Smith for the first time, Joseph and his brother Alvin were digging a well for a neighbor, and he found a small stone buried in the ground. Joseph wondered if this particular stone could be a seer stone, and later revelations he received through it confirmed this fact. Word quickly spread that Joseph was a seer. So the question is, is the stone a seer stone, or is the stone a stone that God can turn into a seer stone? That is an interesting question. Like, Chicken do I have the to egg. find the special stone, or can I just find a good-looking stone and say, now I, I bestow my belief upon this stone? Well, I think that there's something to it. I don't think any stone could be a seer stone. Why not? Why? <laughs> That's what I just said. No, but I, but I mean... Because otherwise, why wouldn't he have not thought that any of the stones could be a seer stone? There's got to be a, there's got to be something that we obviously don't understand. So what if he thinks that it has to be special? So he finds one and he thinks it's special, and well, because he already thinks it's special, God makes it special. Okay, so what are so what are we asking, right? Because there's also uh, what in the book of um, the brother Jared, right in Ether, right? Find right? sixteen he had, he stones. Found sixteen specific stones. Yeah, but they didn't just go, cool, I don't have to search for this very long. long." Yeah, but they just had to be, uh, (laughs) uh, I think, does the word say clear or something like that? Yeah, something. But they were particular What if you found 16 other clear stones? Right. Well, so here's the point. God can do what he wants, right? All powerful. You get to call dibs on that. But there's probably something to it. Sure. Maybe. 
Maybe. You don't see very you don't seem very sure of the sure. I'm not sure, but I also don't feel like I have any authority on being sure, so it's fine. Uh, interestingly enough though, if you've never seen what a seer stone looks like a couple years ago, we talked about it here in the cultural hall and you can see a picture of it in the new Saints uh, book that the church just put out this last week. Did you already talk about that? No. Oh. You can see a picture of what a seer stone looks like, not what you'd think. Because I would think like uh, like Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones, like sort of a clear thing, like quartz. Nope. No, it's like black. Yeah, with right? like with some, like, it looks almost like, like an a, Easter egg. Yeah. With some, like a wooden Easter like egg. Like a tiger eye almost. Yeah. yeah, there it is right there. Yeah. Yep, brown. It is a it's very, so maybe you just have to find a very attractive rock. Yeah, I don't know. There's got to be something to it, though. <laughs> Because it can't just be a stone. Well, so I mean, I mean, this doesn't matter, but no, uh, like at all. But is I it, like this tangent. Is it like <laughs> God had pre-picked the rock and had like oh. somehow blessed it somehow, and then Joseph had to find it. Oh, interesting. Or is it just like bring me a great rock, and if you believe in it, that's good enough? I'm betting more of the latter. Otherwise, it seems like a spiritual kind of like scavenger hunt. Right, which is kind of the point that I'm trying to make, that right. it could probably be any rock. But it can't be any rock, or he would have just picked an easier rock. Like the rocks of light. You've got to have some that would emulate and not be in jagged and, you know, shooting light all over and yeah. poor lighting. you got to have someone that would have good light. another really attractive rock, and There's then it would have been. I don't know. I think we've missed the point. <laughs> <laughs> Fact is, Joseph Smith was a seer. Fact is, there's a new book called Saints. Check it out on your LDS tools or your uh, gospel library. It's really cool. And you can have it be read to you. If you are like, my reading's too much for me, they have the audio recording of the book, too. Nice. So you can just listen and read along. Who reads it? Where is that available? Uh, it's in your LDS, your gospel app on your the phone. The audio book is also? Yep, yep, yep. yep. Let's go that It's route. all available there. Uh, so you should be able to check it out. I'm getting old, and my eyes aren't what they used to be. Uh, it's you can do that with most of um, with like most the of the LDS library, uh, and like you can listen to all the uh, general conference sessions. All those kind of things are available to be able to be read to you. Right. All the scriptures, including Doctrine and Covenants and the Joseph History, the Joseph Translation of the Book of Mormon. All those things. Yeah. Reading is for suckers. All right. Yeah. What. I'm a sucker. Yes. No, <laughs> what else do you have, Brother Kyle? Um, so there are a couple girls. Uh, oh, What do nice. they call them now? Beehives? Oh. Okay. Uh, these two young women, they were born twins and spent some time in a hospital in Washington, D.C. And uh, like a couple months. Okay. Because they were born earlier uh, and had some issues. Uh, now they're beehives and they, they thought, what can we do to give back to the hospital? Um, and they thought about you know, knitting uh, caps or whatever for them. And then they thought, you know, that's not going to look good on the guys. So they... Yeah, caps never look good, yeah. gentlemen. <laughs> they thought about toys or whatever. But So what they finally came up with was, was they, they kind of found that people need in the hospital. People usually come to the hospital unprepared, mm -hmm. you know, like in an ambulance or a sure. helicopter. Sure. People don't have their underwear. So they set out to don't to uh, collect 5,000 pair of, have people buy 5,000 oh, pair so of underwear. So they're not knitting donate. the underwear. <laughs> no. You can't wear knit underwear. I mean, you, no, you can. Could. It'd be very uncomfortable. It, well, and it wouldn't hold much in. Much in. No, it wouldn't. Why It'd be like your... a strainer. Why what? Yeah, it's like what? a strainer. That's brother Wouldn't Kyle. work good at all. Nothing. Why what? It <laughs> doesn't hold... What? You ever put spaghetti in a strainer? 
Okay. It's horrible. All right, but, I'm what still, are you but, doing with spaghetti? Putting it in a strainer. Sometimes it doesn't digest the way. <laughs> Please continue in a different direction. So, okay. Sorry. Well, they... So these two young women um, found this out. They said, we're going to collect 5,000 pairs of underwear. They, they said, uh, that's a little much. Why don't you shoot for 1,000? They said, no, we're going to do 5,000. They said, all right, that's adorable. Well, they got 7,000 yeah. pair of underwear, so 144% of what they set out to do. That's awesome. And donated that to the hospital. And this is children's underwear, because these are the ones that come in. They don't know what's going on. They don't have anything with them. Because so, then you wear that gown. Which right. is fine. They can throw something over you, but you don't have underwear. Everybody right. sees your bum because <laughs> you tie the little string, but sure. it's still. But it doesn't tie the bum. I get uh, uh-uh. it. It's your bum still sticking uh-uh. out. <laughs> so they, so that's why they got underwear. They could knit a gown, but not underwear. <laughs> how's a gown? How's a knit gown for comfortability? Got, is it good? It's all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but you just don't do want to sit down. Do you want out. me to really blow your mind? Um. Yes. Most people's underwear is actually a type of knit. So. That's oh yeah. All I have well, to it say. is. I suppose a cotton. Yeah, a cotton knit. Uh-huh. Or garments knit? Uh yeah. Yeah, okay. Well good. Knit is just the the manner in which the threads are sewn and mm. knit has a stretch to it, which is why usually underwear is knit. All right, why don't you knit me some underwear then? Yeah. I could. They would be horrible, will but I sure could do will it. Will you do it? He'll wear them. I'll make it. I don't know how to knit. I could crochet I, you oh, I thought some you know. underwear. Okay. Oh, crocheted. <laughs> I get knit and crocheted and mixed up. I'm not even kidding. I could crochet some underwear. Do All it. right. I'll wear them. Will you? That'll yeah. Be, that'll you be our will Christ- not. That'll be our Christmas Absolutely. calendar. I could talk about it. I'll find the itchiest wool I can find. No, don't do that. Just find some <laughs> nice material coming. and crochet me some Cross stitch me some underpants. Cross stitch. <laughs> boxers or briefs? Uh, uh, I like boxers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All Are right. you up for the challenge? Yeah. I really will. We'll get the picture. We'll make it our. I calendar will do for it. I year. will crochet. Okay. You have to wear them if she, because that's a not a simple task. Oh, I, I absolutely will. Okay. If she was to go to through that. To get a picture of you. Yeah. Okay. He, Spaghetti in the strainer. I'll need honestly. your measurements later. All right. Ooh. Twenty-eight inch waist. It's weird. Honey, why are you getting Kyle's me- measurements? <laughs> Text message. Uh, okay, I got some other ones here. Other stories, huh? Mentioned that one already. Uh, as many as 50 people fell ill to the norovirus outbreak in Ogden. This after a uh, a church meeting. Great. It's a church party. Word party. Word party. So far, uh, there were no foods that had been event- identified, so they didn't believe it was with any of the restaurants. However, all these people had the same church uh, meeting in common. Most people tend to recover within a few days, but children and the elderly are more prone to severe cases, leading to malnutrition and dehydration, which could obviously lead to death as well. We always stress good hand washing and washing your food. Surfaces thought to be at risk of contamination ought to be cleansed with a mixture of water and bleach, should you find yourself in that uh, kind of situation. But patients who are infected are encouraged to drink lots of fluids to combat the dehydrating effects of vomiting and diarrhea. Benyon, that that is the uh, police officer that's in charge of all this. Said, I think we got a pretty good handle on it. We're still working through it, but we're hoping that it's contained now. And uh, and you know that there are people in that ward that will never eat a homemade anything <laughs> ever again. Mm-hmm. And I think about that occasionally when I go to like linger longers or like potlucks and stuff like that. And I quickly go, yeah, okay. If I get sick, I get sick. Right. But you can't live in fear. Yeah. No. Yeah. Do you consider who made it, though? When you go to something like that, you're like, oh, sister so-and-so made that? Sure, that's fine. Or 
I'd like Brother to Brown say made that, that I don't mm. think about that. But you but do. But it has happened, yeah. I remember uh, when I was on my uh, mission, there was a particular area that I served in which was really, really low income. And um, there were these people that fed us every week. And their house was, um, you know, in all matter of respect, um, disastrous. Mm-hmm. But they would sacrifice to feed us every single week. And we would be sitting at the din- dinner table and watch mice sort of run around mm, the dinner mm-hmm. table but could we could not not go there right these people have sacrificed everything so we just were like okay well we do it but when i think about stuff like that i just go oh, you know what there's a there's a bigger thing at play i guess i don't know if that pertains to this story at all but i remember and there were people there were elders that served in that particular district who were also invited who were like i'm not going i'm not going to go eat there mm. very offensive to me interesting but i guess don't blame them right everybody gets to pick if they want to be a jerk or not uh, no? Okay. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, ten Some... marriage tips. We're going to give these to you, Joni, since you're the only marriage person <laughs> okay. in the room. Bring Are it you on. Ready for this? I'm ready. These uh, You can find an entire link to these at theculturalhall.com. I'll read them through them quickly. Control where, your tempers. Where is this coming from? Uh, they're all quotes from uh, various oh, prophets. Oh, okay. Okay. But, from me and Richie. Yeah. Number one, control your temper. Okay. Okay. Two, there are no harmless flirtations. Ooh. Number three, you need to tell her. What about the ones that with your husband? Can no, 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 no. That's fine. Okay. Well, they can lead to kids, so I guess they're harmful too. <laughs> uh, you need to tell her that you love her. That's number three. Don't do that. As a husband and wife, work as a partnership to build on each other's strengths, listen to each other, and help each other. I've seen men reject counsel from a wife who likely has struggled for a long time to find just the right moment to mention something. Hmm. It's an interesting thing. Number five, this is from Elder Holland, act a little more maturely. That's a tip. Temper tantrums are not cute even in children. Number six, clean a few dishes. Many men feel that the So physical... this is directed towards men. I mean, a lot of them. Okay. But not all. Clean a few dishes. Many men feel that the physical part of their relationship and marriage is the most important part. But Elder Hales says that if you clean a few dishes, vacuum a room, and have all the kids in bed when mom com- comes home has got to be one of the most rewarding experiences that your wife will ever have in a marriage. That according to Elder Robert D. Hales. Number seven, uh, carefully work out a budget. Number eight, uh, clashes over finances. That, of course, being avoid those things. Number nine, a glance, a wink, a nod, or a touch. That obviously just taking that quick second to be uh, present with the other person. And pray to love the one you marry. Okay. Tips. How are those working out? Well, so I think there's, you can tell the the generational, you know, like the one about like, do some dishes, clean a room, makes me roll my eyes as though like, you're doing your wife a favor if you vacuum a room. My husband and I, since the beginning, have divided the housework responsibilities, not necessarily equally, but Based on who's available at that time, that person does the cleaning of whatever needs to be cleaned. Interesting. It's not like my husband is helping me out. He's cleaning his mess. He's cleaning our kids' mess. I'm cleaning our messes. We all just clean up messes. It's not, you know, like if if I go out and I come home and the dishes are done, I'm not like, oh, he did that so I don't have to do that. I come home and I go, hey... Thanks for doing that. That was awesome. But 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 are there things that he does? Are there his responsibilities? Like there are is, like is a the few. Guy? There are like a few few things that 
almost unspoken, only one of us do. Right. I do not clean showers. Right. I, I hate it. He Mostly because it hurts my back to sure. clean showers and bathtubs. Sure. He does that. He does not clean floors. I mean, he'll vacuum, right. but he won't sweep or mop. Right. I've done experiments to see how long we can go without sweeping or mopping before somebody goes, this is filthy. Mm-hmm. Let's try. Mm-hmm. Forever is the answer. Right. So... I do, you know, he mows lawns, but he hates pulling weeds. I pull all the weeds. Sure. But in general, it's just, I'm a person who is home, who sees that a job needs to be done. And so I do it. There's no like, he, he's babysat the kids for me. He didn't babysit. They're his kids. You would be surprised, though, how many men. So here's, it's probably one of the biggest complaints I get from, so Women complain a lot, and I work around a lot of women. No, about this. That came out wrong, ladies. <laughs> so I'm around a lot of women, and they you know, complain about their husbands because they're together. Probably the biggest thing is their husband doing stuff. Their husband comes home from work and like, all right, I'm done. I went to work. There's my part of it. I'll mow the lawn once a week maybe. But doing stuff like that, you know, they never do the dishes. That, you know, you, you got a good one there. I do have a great one. I do have a great one. And I feel like we didn't we didn't ever decide this together. Like, what kind of, how are we going to divide, you know, home responsibilities? We just always have seen it as this is our house together sure, sure. and I, we I, will I both clean it together. That's how it should be. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm not defending it by any means, but I am saying that if you were to mow the lawn for some reason... I, I've mowed the lawn many times. Then, And he would probably be like, oh, that's awesome. An extra thing that I was not expecting from her to do. Sure. That's all. I get it. But just... And that he had to babysit your kids. Jeez. <laughs> My kids. <laughs> yeah. That I had. Yeah. That you... Yeah. They, they didn't come from him, did <laughs> they? They, they came from you. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Anyway, go on. Uh, All right. A couple other catch-all stories, and then we'll be done with this thing. Do you have any more, Brother Kyle? Nope, that's it. Okay. Oh, we're we're still waiting to hear, uh, just real quickly, on uh, former Mormon bishop Sam Young. Have not heard yet if he's being excommunicated. He says he will be. Yeah, they uh, sort of postponed it, right? Punted it. They had the meeting, and then they're like, well, not yet. Normally, they would announce at the same meeting uh, whether or not he would be excommunicated and that has not come down yet uh a utah man who was diagnosed with cancer after working six years as a groundskeeper for the church uh he was working in contaminated water at the red butte creek do you guys know where that is here in salt lake it's where there was an oil spill and it goes through the garden park ward that's a well-known historic mormon meeting house here in salt lake you have to be a part of the ward to get married there it's gorgeous it's not like many of the other churches here um, there was an oil spill there in 2010 uh, and in in uh, june and in december of 2010 and he is now claiming that he uh, got cancer from working in the contaminated water Hmm. from that spill um, and is suing the church and the city and the uh, company Chevron, who is the one who owned that. Nothing is further in that case yet, but thought that was kind of interesting. That Garden Park word, if you guys have never been, go check it out. If you come to Utah and you're from somewhere else, check out the Garden Park Ward. It really is an amazingly uh, beautiful building. Uh, As part of his world tour, President Nelson went to Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, and to San Juan, Puerto Rico. Anyone know why this was historical? No. Did it in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Oh. Spoke to the people in Spanish. 
Sweet. First time for a president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to give an address in a, in a different language other than English. Excellent. Now, translated, sure, but he was delivering it right. in the Spanish language because he's amazing. Um... The film Jane and Emma, a lot of people getting very, very excited about that, opens the 12th of October so they can take advantage of everything with General Conference and being able to share their message there. Um, Jane and Emma, a mostly um, female-produced, acted, written uh, cast and uh, crew as far as that goes. It's uh, scheduled, like I said, to come out on the 12th of October. Melissa Leilani Larson, who's been a guest here in the Cultural Hall, uh, is the one who wrote it. And um, the uh, Sisters in Zion, who also have been an episode here on the Cultural Hall, they kind of helped sort of advise it. Um, It's for all, I know that uh, Molly Jenny has seen it, and she said that it's great, something we're not going to want to miss. And if you go to the Cultural Hall's Facebook page, you can see an interview uh, that we did not that we did, that was given to us with um, the woman who plays Jane Manning James in that film. Uh, where do you want to end with? Murder? Sex offender? Uh, they all sound good so far. Yeah. Or, Gosh. Um, well, I guess we don't have anything. Well, murder. I, I can mention this real yeah, quick. Yeah, you end with murder. End with murder? Yeah. Um, a quick follow-up, the uh, the McKenna-Denson case, not likely going to be resolved out of court, and they're thinking that there will be a jury trial that will take place in 2020, as far as the fraud against the LDS Church goes. Hmm. Um, a Rigby man who earlier this year admitted he would have engaged in sexual intercourse with an underage escaped... Uh, an underage girl escaped a 15-year maximum prison sentence this last Monday. Instead, 38-year-old Russell S. Tolbert was sentenced to 10 years of probation and won't have to register as a sex offender after being arrested in Chubbuck, this is Idaho, uh, in a police sting operation. Tolbert was arrested by Chubbuck police in January and charged with felony enticing a child through the internet after using Facebook to try and meet with who he thought was a girl under the age of 16 to engage in sexual activity. Tolbert was actually communicating with the Chubbuck police. Tolbert agreed to a plea bargain with prosecutors and pleaded guilty to a reduced charge of a felony of felony injury to a child in April, unlike if he had been convicted of child enticement. Being convicted of felony injury to a child means Tolbert will not have to register as a sex offender. Now, why does this matter? Well, he's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But the reason why, let me see if I can get this. The Chubbuck police officers uh, operating the account planned a, Tolber, a meeting with Tolbert at a local park. When Tolbert showed up, the police officers made contact with him and, and basically he asked him, okay, so what are you doing here? He initially told them that he was meeting an LDS official at a nearby church to install security cameras. Mm. He later said he was checking the nearby LDS church out for a place to put a camera and that he would be in contact with the LDS official at a later date. Uh, police took Colbert into Tolbert into custody um, during his sentencing and hearing. Uh, he has a, he talked about how he has a primary lust for teenage girls as well as a lust for young children. However, mm. this is the interesting thing Jeez. about it, right? You feel like this guy should be on the sex offender list. Uh, Tolbert admitted that he struggled with sexual issues for the past 20 years and that his wife has known about his ha- behavior, adding that in 2010 he participated in treatment for his sexual behavior with the LDS Church, so essentially in the addiction recovery program. Tolbert said that he quit attending that treatment after two months and he only participated in order to make his wife happy, prosecutors said. Um, so he's going to continue to get uh, treatment from the church. But it's an it's an interesting... I don't know that I like it very much. Mm-mm. 
Well, feel like it, it's one thing if it's like he's been through treatment plans and he's really tried and he had a slip up, but if he was just going to placate his wife for two months, this doesn't sound like a, a repentant man. Well, and yeah, and he's not a registered man either. Yeah. And now murder. Yay. This is from uh, a writer by the name of Steve Pokin, and his article, are you ready for this? It's called Pokin' Around. Ah, so he's from Missouri. Get it. And he basically does an article every week where he's like, we're wondering what, we're poking around the, and we want to find out about. And so, uh, this is what he shares. He says, I recently met Walter Zabek at a luncheon at Cox South Hospital honoring Meals on Wheels volunteers. I was hustling to get back to work, and he knew me. He asked if I knew that it was once legal to kill a Mormon in Missouri. Although it was a question, it was not an answer man question. He stated the information as fact. It did not sound like a fact to me, said Steve Pokin of Pokin Around. I was skeptical, and so I decided to look into it. So, was it in fact legal to kill a Mormon in the state of Missouri? Brother Kyle? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Joni? So, he says, the history begins with the 1838 Mormon War, but I've discovered it surprisingly close to the truth. In other words, it's nuanced, and in my view, the nuance is fascinating. The truth of whether it was once legal to kill a Mormon in Missouri involves a history of which I previously knew nothing. It says it includes the 1838 Mormon War in Missouri. Uh... He talks about, uh, I knew nothing about the extermination order that was issued by the sixth governor of Missouri and directed at members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that 15,000 church members then fled in the winter of 1838 and 39. The, the prophet Joseph Smith, who founded the faith, believed that the Garden of Eden was in northwest Missouri and that when Christ returns at the second coming, it will be in northwest Missouri. So Steve Pokin doesn't know anything about Mormons and his state. <laughs> So he decided to go poking around. Uh, anyway, so he goes on to say um, a little bit more about the extermination order. It was issued October 27th in 1838 by Lilburn Boggs, and it states, quote, The Mormons must be treated as enemies and must be exterminated or driven from the state if necessary for the public peace. Their outrages are beyond all description. Their order was in part of the 1838 Mormon War in Missouri. Those people then left. Uh, among those people that left was a man by the name of Brigham Young, who later was known as the Mormon Moses. I like that Steve Pokin decides to call him that. Um, the treatment of Mormon people in Missouri in the 1830s was beyond by barbaric. Women were raped and tortured. Men were killed by mobs and driven out of the state. Um, and... Let's see here. It says, when I first read the order this week, it seemed clear the Boggs knowingly issued a license to kill members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was astounded. It seems similar to the Department of Conservation establishing a hunting season, but only for people. So was it, in fact, legal to kill a Mormon in the state of Missouri? Yep. Yeah. And you can read all about it. He actually goes on and on and on and on and on uh, about, uh, talks about the Hans Milt Massacre and talks about... Um, about how uh, it was finally eradicated or gotten rid of there in the state of Missouri. That's it. That's your articles of news for the week. We plowed through quite a bit. Yeah. Thanks for being here, just Joni. Yay. You're welcome. I appreciate it. It's good to have you here. It's good to see you guys. It was good to see you hug Brother Kyle, too. It's fun to uh, see, like, multiple people. Yeah. Jenny was here earlier. Yeah. Janae. She yeah. told a story. That's why this thing's an hour late. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bless her sweetheart. I'm kidding, Janae. Not kidding. Uh, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope that when the time comes, you'll be able to, able to speak the words mm-hmm. of going home in safety. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. And we hope if you're sick or afflicted that you'll be well and can listen next week. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row of the the Cultural Hall. Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show.